Blog Talk Radio. Crisis. 
So, Ms. Naila, how long have you been the director of the SSU? I have been the director for the past five years. Okay. Gosh, that's a that's quite a while. And you also have uh, help, I would imagine, and we're going to talk a little bit more about exactly what your day of operation looks like. But you also have help. And do you want to introduce uh, your one of your uh, co-directors? Yes. I have uh, four dedicated volunteers, including myself, but I have uh, Deacon Frank Call, who is the co-director of SSU, and he has been with me for the past five years also. So I'd like to introduce to you Deacon Frank Call. Good evening. Deacon Frank, you want to say something? I just want to say good evening, and it's a pleasure working with Mother Jones in servicing the community of Riverdale. Uh, and we serve with a servant's heart because we know we're reaching people physically and spiritually. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that comment. That is that is so so important. It's it's uh you know, you got to meet people where they are and if someone's hungry and hasn't had a meal for a couple of days or longer, it's sort of hard to kind of sit down and and try to have a Bible study with them. But you can certainly feed them, give them something to eat and then go and have them allow them to chew on the word of God. So thank you and and welcome uh Deacon so, Naila, can you share with us, so Harvest Time Church is, is allowing uh, the community to access the social service unit. Can you, and the community and also probably uh, congregant members also, so can you share with us what you do and how your, what does your typical day of operation look like? How how long are you open? How many days of the week are you open? Can you just share with us? We are open three days a week um, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And first-time clients, when they come in, they fill out an intake form so that we can determine what the needs are. The forms are then screened for prayer requests that may be done right there on the spot. Listed prayer requests are referred to the Harvest Time Church intercessory team. SSU is able to service families with food, clothing, resource information for utilities, jobs, emergency shelter, in addition to other basic needs. I also keep track of the inventory in and out, the clients that we serve, and the volunteer hours. Wow, that sounds like a pretty full uh, program. So it, and, uh, it sounds like you're also partnering with other ministry programs within the Harvest Time Church, too. So you've got an intercessory prayer team that is partnering with you and lifting up the needs of the people that come and access the SSU. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes. So when you open your doors, do people just 
do, 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 I mean, is it like like a lot of people that are standing in line to get to you, or do you kind of have an idea how many people are going to be there? Uh, I have this vision of, of like a, a food bank, you know, a community food bank, and the days that they're open, I can drive down Rainier Avenue here in Seattle, Washington, in the Pacific Northwest, and I can look over and I can say, oh, the food bank is open because there's just a line of people that are going all the way down the block. So do you have that sort of volume or is it uh, is it manageable with the number of people who are serving with you? It is manageable with the number of people that we serve. However, uh, we for the food pantry one day a week. So on that day, there is a line of people waiting to get food. But as far as the, the clothing and the other services that we provide, that's manageable on a day-to-day basis when we're open. Mm-hmm. So someone who, uh, let's say a single mom with five children, is in uh, dire straits. I'm going to create a scenario here. Dire straits. They receive, she's received a, an eviction notice. Uh, her utilities have been uh, cut off and uh, she just lost her job. Kids are out, have outgrown their, their clothes, and they're getting ready to go back to school. So if they showed up at your door uh, to, to, to be able to, to, to have allow someone in the SSU to minister to, to them, how would you, what would you be able to sort out and do for that single mom with five children? Well, for sure, we could help them with food and clothing right there on the spot. Okay. If they needed monetary help, it would go through me. I would interview uh, the individual, you know, get all of the information from that individual on what is needed. And then that would go to a separate committee who makes the decision on the funds because I don't have control of the funds. Uh-huh. But as far uh-huh. as the food and the clothing and um, emergency shelter, I could possibly help them with that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so we do. Go ahead. Go ahead. And we do, and we do help them with that. I mean, if someone needs uniforms, the kids need uniforms. They have. We have uniforms in our facility. We always manage to keep, you know, the necessities, including toiletries, you know, soap, toothpaste, lotions, and things like that. So we're able to uh, provide those needed items to anyone who comes in. Mm-hmm. So you have food, emergency funding. Now, you also mentioned an an accessory prayer team would be lifting up uh, those those prayer requests or those needs that you've passed on to them. Do you and your workers have an opportunity to minister directly to the people who come in to the SSU? Are you able to say, "May I pray for you right now," or "May I put you on your um, on our prayer list"? How, how do you go about kind of introducing that you're there to serve them? and to meet their physical needs, their immediate needs, but you also kind of want to move them into a direction, uh, if they don't know Christ, that they would come to know Christ, and also if they do know Christ, to just be encouraged even while they're facing difficult times. 
Absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, today, well, before I go in today, on our intake form, one of the questions that we ask is, um, do you have any prayer requests? And uh-huh. we also invite them to church. Okay. And okay. if they need prayer right away, sometimes they'll ask, sometimes they won't. So that's where the discernment comes in. You know, we can tell, and then we ask them, would you like for us to pray for you? Uh Uh And that's what happened today. I mean, we had someone in today that was in need of prayer, and I prayed Uh for him with my team. Amen. Amen. And and do you find that a lot of people do find their way or work their way back to uh, worship with you on a Sunday, or do you, would you even notice if they came in? Um, yes, we do have uh, individuals that come back and worship with us. We've even had individuals come be baptized in Jesus' name and join church. Amen. So we okay. are we we are witnessing. To the community. Yes, 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 yes. And and you've heeded that call to action, and you are letting your hands and your feet do the talking. So in the promotional material for the, the podcast, I mentioned uh, a passage, and it's Matthew chapter 26, verse 11. And Jesus says, for you have the poor with you always. And I pose the question, what is Jesus really saying and what does he mean and how shall we as believers respond to this passage? And then I refer the reader to Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, chapter 15, verses 7 through 8, and it reads like this. Verse 7 says, If there is a poor man with you, one of your brothers, in any of your towns or in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor close your hand from your poor brother. Verse 8 says, But you shall freely open your hand to him and shall generously lend him sufficient for his need in whatever he lacks. And that's the New American Standard Version. So with what you've just described, you know, you have a Harvest Time Church, your team, you as the director, and all the other ministry programs that partner with you guys uh, and do this collectively really do serve your community with open hearts and open hands. And so I just want to commend you and just say amen and amen for the work that you're doing. And, again, I was there in June and I was able to see, I mean, I was, like, thoroughly impressed, you know, with your your clothing bank and just hearing about it. So it's it's exciting. It's very exciting. Did uh, Deacon Frank want to say anything? Okay, I maybe not. I would concur with everything that Mother Jones said, and we're just able to do what we're able to do for the community, and I'm just glad to be a part of the service. Amen, amen. We've got another caller on the line here. Uh, I don't know who it is, but uh, the area code is, Three three four. Does that person want to say anything or have any questions? No. 
No, this is Aisha Minigal. This is Aisha I'm just listening to um, what God is doing in, in the community. Amen. Thank you for joining us, Aisha. We've got another caller with an area code 678. Did you have any questions or did you want to make a comment? Okay, maybe not. All right, well, welcome, welcome. So, Naila, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back, and we'll pick up where we left off. We'll be right back. Thank you. Okay, welcome back. I have a question. So you receive donations for your clothing bank, and where do the donations come from? Is it is it just the congregational members, or is it open to the community to be able to give and to participate in the work that Harvest Time Church is doing? It's open to the community, but we do receive donations from our uh, congregational members. We receive donations from anyone who, you know, would normally donate to any donation bank like Goodwill. So they know, you know, if they come to church, we we uh, solicit for donations if they're there, whether they're a visitor or a member, and they hear the announcement, then they come to me and say, can we donate to you? And that's how we get our donations. Oh, wonderful. So you've got the community participating also, serving the community in need, but then also the community that has a little bit more is able to give back to the community. That's, that's, uh, That's beautiful. That brings to mind another passage that I'd like to mention, and that's in Leviticus, the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, chapter 23, verse 22, and it says, When you reap the harvest of your land... Do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. I listened to that. Uh, I listened to uh, have an audio uh, version of the Bible, and then I like to go back and I like to open my Bible the old-fashioned way and actually read the passage. And, of course, you look at the the text in, in context. So... This has a practical application that is, has everything to do with what we're talking about. So you just mentioned that the community and congregational members give to your clothing bank, and then you're able to serve the community who is in need. I bet you most people have excess, and they don't even realize it. So when you talk about when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gatherings of your gleanings of your harvest, In other words, the Lord is saying, leave the excess there. Just take what you need. Leave the excess there and allow someone else to come alongside you or behind you and and pick up where, where you've left off. So leave them for the poor and for the foreigners residing among you. And then verse 22 closes out with, I am the Lord your God. So we all have excess something, and it's just a, it's a good reminder that uh, as we store and as we stick things in a cubby hole, you know, and we haven't used it for 30, 
days or 30 years. It's just like, give it away. Like, uh, give it away to somebody else. I always say someone else's rags become our riches, right? Or, or our riches becomes, you know, someone else's riches. And, and so, you know, God provides. God provides. Really, that's what I want to get to is God provides. And he'll use various ministry programs, individuals who have a heart for serving to reach those people who have a little bit less. So with that, I want to ask you, now you and I both know that with all ministry work comes joy and pain. And through it all, we are always reminded why we are doing the Lord's work. I'd like for you to share with our listening audience, what is the greatest joy you receive in this ministry? The greatest joy that I receive is to is seeing someone's need being met and Mm -hmm. the smile or the tears or just the happiness that they show as being appreciative to what it is that they are receiving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's, you know, you can be heartbroken or really sad with some of the situations that come before you. But God always makes a way out of no way. Yes, and he does. And SSU is that way. Yes, yes. That's that's beautiful. And and then as 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 you uh, you minister to other people too, it it, it gives you an opportunity to um, to just sort of kind of get in the trenches with them, you know. Uh, in a lot of situations that the Lord allows us to encounter. Uh, we, we've been there, or we know someone yes. very, very close to us who has been there, and so it's not so far removed. And um, I used to always say when I was employed, I'm, I'm retired now, that I, everybody's one paycheck away from being homeless. <laughs> you know, if you look at Absolutely. the true definition of homeless or just being in need, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so that, that, that that's beautiful. And I know that there is great joy in just serving the Lord. So out of all fairness, I have to ask this question, too. What are some of the challenges you face when serving a community uh, at large who is in need? Well, one of the biggest challenges um, that I find is the inability to provide housing to those who may be living out of their vehicles. That's, Mm -hmm. That's a huge challenge for us because we don't have access to housing. Mhm. Mhm. And 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 you know to see someone living, you know, in their vehicle on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, that's you know that's that's kind of hard. Yes. Yes. So it, you're in Riverdale, and some of the the adjoining uh, 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 or adjacent or outlining. Communities? Do you all have a large what what you would call a homeless population of people who are living in their vehicles? Do do you see a lot of that on the streets? People standing on the streets asking, and you know, with a sign saying they're hungry, a little bit will help, or whatever. Do you have a lot of that in that in that area? To be perfectly honest, I've only seen uh, a few people in the Riverdale area, but there are other areas in the metro Atlanta uh, 
area that I have serviced, where Uh I've taken food to feed people, you know, um, that I was just in utter, utter shock that it's just so many homeless people, people who are in shelters or not in shelters, you know, living under bridges or um, so not necessarily where we are in the Riverdale area. I've seen a few, but not like the downtown metro area. Yes, yes, yes. But they're out there somewhere, and if they uh, yes. and and they learn they learn the places where they can go to get the help that they need, which is which is good. So I know Harvest Time has visibility, and I know that word of mouth travels. And yes. uh, and the people who are in need, I mean, they have you know, there's a there's a there's a community of people that they probably know one another, and so I'm I'm just thankful that Harvest Time Church has has found a niche within that community and is open, you know, has open doors, the open hand, the open heart to to serve to serve the people who who are in need. So, Naila, let me ask you if you have any words of encouragement that you would share to our listening audience. Now, remember, our listening audience is all over the world, and someone may be tuned in because they have uh, the desire to to start a ministry like this or they're involved with a ministry like this and they need some new ideas or some fresh ideas. Uh, do you have something that you could share with them uh, that they can, can can take with them and 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 put into practice and and consider highly consider this is what I can do to heed the call to action to let our hands, my hands and feet do the talking. Well, the first thing, um, pray, pray on it. Uh huh. Because God will reveal to you what is in your heart what you are able to do and don't feel like you can do it all by yourself because there are others that are willing or or able to help so that Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you think you may be lacking will be found in someone else So I would suggest that, you know, you pray on it, you listen to what the Lord tells you to do, obey him. Yes, there's going to be ups and downs in anything that you're trying to start, but keep the faith and persevering Uh Uh and let God guide your steps, order your steps. Uh And and God's faithfulness will definitely show up. Sometimes I know you're just amazed at how your your provisions are always there, how the needs are being met, and how the people are encouraged. How God afforded you the opportunity to be able to pray for someone, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just amazing how He will take what looks like an impossible situation and make it into the possible for someone, and then He gets the glory, the honor, and the praise. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, 
tell us again where you are located, and go ahead and give us the website information and telephone number in case someone is ever in the Atlanta, Georgia, southeastern region of the United States visiting, and they want to drop by the Harvest Time Church. We are located at 274 Highway 138 Southwest in Riverdale, Georgia, 30274. Our telephone number is 770-210-4490. And the website is www.harvestchurchatl.org. That's www.harvestchurchatl.org. Very good. And if they do happen to be in, they are able to come and visit and worship with you and maybe even attend a Bible study, they're going to go back full like I came back from Atlanta this summer. So with that and in conclusion, we are almost out of time. Ms. Naila, I just want to thank you for joining us today. And I just want to say to our listening audience, you've heard some practical ways that you can let your hands and your feet do the talking. And it's a call to action for all believers. How will you demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ to the poor who will always be among us? Together, we can come up with ways through prayer, through guidance, and through discernment, and together we can serve others in need and give God all the glory. To God be the glory. So, Naila, thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you to our callers, and tune in in two weeks when Hope for Today is back on the air. Thank you, Naja Brown, for allowing me the opportunity to share.